Bad news is good news again. Much weaker than expected flash PMI figures overnight are encouraging global stock investors to buy on hopes for lower interest rates. And that meant that bond yields fell too. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then we'll take a look with Marja Bing Zaman at an age-old question. Can the global economy and financial system de-dollarize as the BRICS would like? The U.S. has an established and open capital account, but China does not have the same degree of openness. So wouldn't expect the U.S. dollar share of cross-border transaction to fall significantly. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ, number one, flash PMI surveys done globally in August show factories and services businesses in Europe and Australia in particular contracted more sharply than expected. The US flash PMI, the performance of manufacturing index, showed continued expansion, but only barely. Here's ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin. They were disappointing. Across the board in the US, UK and Europe, they were weaker and weaker than expected. And what is beginning to emerge is that services sectors are beginning to show real signs of weakness now following months of weakness in the manufacturing data. So the data from the PMIs are suggesting a more broad-based slowdown in economic activity. Number two, US stocks are up 1% to 2% this morning, and US bond yields are down sharply, as much as 11 basis points. That's on that weaker-than-expected flash PMI set. It's all about expectations, about when the Fed can start cutting next year, and by how much. In recent days, until these flash PMIs, markets were reducing their bets on how much the Fed would cut next year, down from around 150 basis points to around 100 basis points. I think central banks are going to be slow to cut interest rates. One thing we did notice in the PMI data today, there was a little uptick in input costs and that. So we're not over the hump in inflation yet. And that's really what central banks are focused on correcting. If you want to return to sustainable economic growth in the future, it's imperative that inflation comes down. And unfortunately, there's going to have to be some economic pain in that process. Number three, European and German business activity was particularly weak in the flash PMIs. Here's Brian again. Europe is the most affected at the moment. And what is coming clear from the PMIs is that high inflation, high interest rates and the resultant customer uncertainty are leading to lower orders and they're leading to a rundown in existing levels of stocks as well. So it does seem as if European businesses, both for manufacturers and service sector operators, are very cautious at the moment. Number four, elsewhere in the world of central banking, we get decisions later today in South Korea and in Indonesia. My colleague Catherine Dyer spoke with ANZ economist in Singapore, Crystal Tan, last night, who sees them both on hold. So we don't see a major shift in either bank's policy messaging. For the Bank of Korea, it has retained a hawkish bias. It's kept the door open to further tightening, and it's going to continue to be guarded given the upside risk to inflation, considering the recent downward pressure on the Korean won, as well as the rise in household borrowings. For Indonesia, the rupiah has come under pressure amid a stronger US dollar, and given that its current account is now deteriorating, Bank Indonesia's focus is going to remain on strengthening rupiah stability in order to contain imported inflation and also to cushion against global uncertainty. 
Number five, New Zealand's retail trade volumes fell 1% in the June quarter when a flat result was expected. Consumers really are pulling their heads in after 525 basis points of monetary policy tightening in the last year. Here's ANZ senior economist in New Zealand, Miles Workman, on whether it's enough for the Reserve Bank to change its current pause or remove the prospect of a hike in November, which is ANZ's current call. When you think about the Reserve Bank's problem here is that they have a very sticky domestic inflation issue and slowing domestic demand is part of the way they get that to resolve. It's not a happy story by any means, but that does open the question, is this enough to get inflation down? Has the Reserve Bank done too much already? But at this stage, this, these data on their own don't suggest or, or don't actually have the capability of providing an answer. We still need to see where that inflation impulse evolves over time. ANZ's Miles Workman there. We need some more data. Now it's time for our deep dive interview, where we go behind the news of the day in the global economy. This week, leaders of the BRICS countries that's Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, are meeting in South Africa to talk about how to reduce their reliance on the US dollar, possibly with some sort of grouping around China's currency, the renminbi, which Russia is now using for trade after being locked out of the US dollar-based international banking system. I asked ANZ's head of FX research, Marja Benzaman, whether de-dollarization was really going to be a thing. Look, I think to replace the US dollar as a major reserve currency, any alternative would really need to match its liquidity and depth and also have an as open as economy as the US. So if we are thinking about the CNY, the Chinese yuan, we don't think that's established enough to absorb a large shift from the US. Similarly, you know, when we look at currencies used for global payments, Cross-border transactions, they include capital and financial flows. The U.S. has an established and open capital account, but China does not have the same degree of openness. So wouldn't expect the U.S. dollar share of cross-border transactions to fall significantly. We have seen a little bit of increase, you know, with the Russia's bilateral trade with China being settled in CNY. That's probably ongoing, but for the full de-dollarization team to take place, it seems unlikely at this stage. Why do you think the US dollar is so dominant and entwined in global trade when you know there are other trade flows and other currencies that have grown in stature over the years? What, what is it about the US dollar? A change in the world's reserve currency from the US dollar um, to another currency is really a structural change. Any change will take a long, long time. Um, you know, so I don't think that's really going to take place. And, you know, this is, you could argue there is no other real alternative. Even if you look at the euro, for example, um, the euro area is diverse and its government bond issuances where bonds are of the same maturities may offer different yields depending on the credit spreads. So again, it's not the same as what the US treasury market is. And you need to have a sort of very deep bond market to be able to have mature, you know, reserve currency or or reserve status. The BRICS uh, are also looking at expanding, and there's been some talk that Indonesia, for example, uh, some other uh, countries in Africa might join. Uh, what are the prospects for the BRICS becoming 
a larger grouping? Look, I think there is a bit of a story where, you know, there is a potential, if the BRICS become larger, there is talk of being the new global north grouping being formed uh, to match the global south. But at this stage, we don't have much details on that. We'll see what the outcome is. We know more than 20 countries have actually put up their hand to join the BRICS. ANZ's head of FX research, Maja Bing Zaman there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Thursday, August the 24th. Look out later today for those decisions from central banks in South Korea and Indonesia ahead of the big speeches tomorrow night from Jackson Hole. This podcast was recorded for publication on behalf of ANZ. All associated disclosures and disclaimers can be viewed using the link in your media player or the ANZ website through which you access this podcast. All care has been taken to report the views of ANZ Research in the creation of this podcast, but as an independent host, any differing interpretations are strictly mine and not ANZ's. Feel free to contact your ANZ point of contact with any questions.